Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are so encouraged to know that God is using the ocean to impact your life through the ministry of the word. Knowing that your life is being transformed is exactly why we exist. As our vision says, we exist to know Jesus and make him known. So sit back, relax, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your life through this message. So there was a man who brought his violin out and sat down at the um, Washington, D.C. Metro Subway Depot, and he started to play. This is all you're going to get from me today. (laughs) This is all the playing I'm going to do. But he started to play, and he spent 45 minutes playing six Bach songs, beautiful Bach tunes in the subway station. As he's in this subway station, thousands of people are coming by because it's rush hour. People are on their way to work. Thousands of people are coming by. They're hearing him play. They're hearing him play. One man stops, pauses for a moment, listens, looks at his watch, and then hurries on his way. Several more people kind of pause for a moment, but they hurry on their way. And then a little three-year-old boy comes by, and he stops. And his mom's in a hurry, and she's trying to urge him along. And he he keeps stopping. She keeps pulling him. He keeps looking back, watching this man play over and over again. One person stopped and put a dollar in his violin case, and then a few more people. By the end, he had 32 USD that he collected in that 45 minutes. And he kept playing. Few people stopped and would listen for maybe 20 minutes. But nobody stayed for the whole concert. When he was done. He put down his violin, and there was silence. There was nobody there to hear. There was nobody there to applaud. The man who was playing that day was Joshua Bell. Joshua Bell is one of the greatest musicians that the world has right now. He was playing one of the hardest, most intricate violin pieces that has ever been written. And he was playing it on a violin worth $3.2 million. And still people did not stop. Just the week before, he had sold out a concert in Boston. $100 tickets, completely sold out. And yet here in this subway station, nobody stayed to hear a free concert. Does it surprise you that people are so oblivious sometimes? Does it surprise you and sadden you that as they were focused on their own lives, they could overlook and underappreciate something of such greatness that was before them? Does it make you stop and think, what do you miss in your life? What moments do you miss to appreciate in your world? 2 Kings chapter 4, if you want to turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4, we're going to look at a woman who did not miss the moment. We don't even know her name in the story, we just know her as the Shunammite woman. 2 Kings chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 8. It says, one day Elisha went to Shunam, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food, And she said to her husband, behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God 
who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room in their roof, on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. And one day he came and he turned into the chamber and he rested there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. And when he called her, she stood before him and he said to him, now say to her, see you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, well, I dwell among my own people. And he said, well, then what is to be done for her? Gehazi, the servant, answered and said, well, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, no, my Lord. Oh, man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that time the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. You know, we have so much we can learn from this Shunammite woman. I love verse 9. It just says, she said to her husband, behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who's continually passing our way. This Shunammite woman recognized Elisha as a man of God. Um, earlier in, in this chapter, you can see where Elijah Elisha's mentor was just before he was taken up to heaven. He asked Elisha what he wanted. And Elisha said, I want a double portion of your anointing. This double portion is what this woman saw today. She saw the anointing of God on Elisha's life. And she recognized him for that. Verse 8 said, on one day Elisha went to Shunem and there was a wealthy, where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there and eat food. This shows us that this woman blessed Elisha. Whenever Elisha was in her area, she would invite him into her home, and she made a meal for him. Verse 10, let us make a small room in the, of, on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that whenever he comes, he can go in there. She even took this extra step to have a room created just for him, to give him a private place to rest when he was passing through her area. She went way beyond just recognizing this man of God and did what she could to honor and bless the man of God. Verse 15 through 17 said, this is where Elisha says, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord. Oh, man of God, do not lie to me. And he said, but verse 17 says, but the woman conceived and she bore a son. These verses show us that she received blessings from God because of Elisha. She didn't ask for anything. That's the beautiful thing. In fact, when Elisha asked what she wanted, she implied that she had everything that she needed. She didn't ask for anything more. God blessed her because the motive of her heart was pure because she just wanted to bless the man of God. So I want to take a moment to look at how this story applies here to the Ocean Church today. Number one, we as a church need to recognize the man and the woman of God. 
There are three things that we can look at that show us when someone is a man or a woman of God. One, they're anointed to lead God's people and to do God's work. If you've been coming to this church for any length of time, you know it's very evident that our pastors, Pastor Jimmy and Pastor Priscilla, love Jesus. They love to lead people to Jesus. And they love to help them grow in their faith. Another thing that we can look at as a criteria for a man or woman of God is they do not compromise the word of God to please man. Let me ask you, how many times have you ever sat here in a sermon and heard something that made you uncomfortable? Straight from the word of God, something that made you uncomfortable. Might have made you squirm. It might have made you reevaluate the things in your life and make some changes. That's the uncompromised word of God that has been preached from our pastors. There's no apologies from them for what the word of God says. This word wasn't made to make us comfortable. It was made to change us. It was made to help us grow. How many of you can say in the last five years through the word of God you have grown? We have grown from your leadership. Thank you. The third shows us that if someone is a man of God, he walks in love to serve, to build up, and to sacrifice for the church. No one here can deny that Pastor Jimmy and Priscilla love big, and they love loudly. Amen to that. We can also not deny that they have never expected anyone to work harder than they themselves have been willing to work. And we can see that their love and hard work have helped build up this church, build up the capacity of the leaders that serve in this church, and build up the fellowship. Over the past five years, they have sacrificed, they have worked, they have loved to help the Ocean Church become who we are today. The second lesson that we can learn from the Shunammite woman is that she chose to bless the man of God. Now, of course, I don't expect you to be like the Shunammite woman and, and build a separate room just for the Abrams to come and stay anytime they're here. But will you build a little room in your heart to pray for our leaders, to pray for our pastors? Church, your pastors need your prayer. Leading a church is not a little thing. It's a big responsibility. Pastors are not only accountable to the church board and to the church members, but they're accountable to God for all that he has entrusted in them to do. Hebrews 13, verse 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will give, have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. How can you bless your, your pastors? You can be obedient. You can be submissive. You can understand that the things they're trying to lead you in, they're leading you in love, and they're leading you with the accountability that's been given to them by God. Our third lesson we learned from the Shunammite woman is that we receive blessings from God, blessings of God from the man of God. The beautiful thing in this story is that the Shunammite woman did not bless Elijah in order to be blessed, but God chose to bless her for her faithfulness. And this one is easy for us here at the Ocean Church because we've already been blessed, haven't we? We have been blessed. We've been blessed by amazing servants. We've been blessed by the best preschool teacher 
leading your children to Jesus. We've been blessed by prayers of encouragement, blessed by their beautiful example of family first, blessed by a spirit-filled pastor who hears from God and obeys, even if it means pausing what he had planned for that moment in the service to follow through. Blessed by a pastor wife who loves to reach out to new mamas and walk beside them as they learn what it means to lead their family. <clears throat> Blessed by leadership lessons, by evangelism, by seeking God, watching them pray and asking us to do everything with excellence. We have been blessed, church. As we honor and as we bless the man of God, God will continue to bless us through our pastors. And as for me, I've been double blessed. Not only are the Abrams my pastors and my leaders, but for the past four years, they have been my family. Barrett always makes me laugh, usually at the most inappropriate things in the inappropriate moments, but he always knows how to make me laugh. Braden and I have a, share, a, loved, a shared love for great books, don't we, Braden? Miss talking books with you. Caitlin and I loved perfecting the art of coffee and girl talk. Pastor Priscilla has always made sure I had a friend to listen to me, to encourage me, and I always had one great home-cooked meal every week. I'm going to miss that. And Pastor Jimmy took on the role of big brother the moment I landed. There was this crazy balance he found of picking on me and protecting me over the past four years. The list goes on and on for me, and the list should go on and on for you. You have many things that you can think of. And I want to encourage you to take some time the next few days and think about those things. Write those things down. Our pastors may not be here in Dar tomorrow, but they're just one email or one WhatsApp message away. They need to hear those things. What have you appreciated? How have they blessed you? What has happened in your life that has been better because they have been a part of your life? Let us not be like all of those who sat in this, who walked by this amazing violinist and missed the opportunity to appreciate a free concert of the lifetime. Let us take our opportunity now to love and appreciate our pastors. Pastor Jimmy, Priscilla, Braden, thank you. I love you.